the reading that I'm going uh, the two scriptures I'll be reading from today, and I'm um, taking them from the New International Version of the Bible. The first reading is Second Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty-one. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And then Luke 15, verses 11 to 32. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am not worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And here ends the reading. I'll pray. I'm rather nervous. This um, topic today is weighing quite heavily on me. Lord God, give me clearness of speech and secure knees. May your word 
be clear to your people this day. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> the righteousness of God. We're going to look at it um, as a gift, as a robe, as a weapon, and also something it is not. One, a gift. In Romans 5.17, the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over us. But all who receive God's wonderful, gracious gift of righteousness will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. It cannot be earned by ticking boxes. But God, I give to the poor, mow the church lawns, read the Bible twice a week. We could go on making lists of good things we could do to score brownie points with God. No such thing with God. A gift is a gift. No clauses or conditions attached. Believe and receive. Would anyone like a free gift today? Right now, is there one of you who would like a free gift? Who, who, who spoke first? Linda, did I hear you speak? Did... Someone would like a free gift? Rebecca. There you go. Rebecca put her hand up. For a gift to become reality, it must be received. Do you get that? For a gift to become reality, it must be received. God's free gift of righteousness is available. We need to receive it. Whenever you hear the word righteousness, be very clear, take hold of these words. Right standing with God, clear of all guilt. <clears throat> if you remember nothing else from today, remember that. Right standing with God, clear of all guilt. Two, a robe. And you heard that story of the prodigal son. Now, I'm not going to preach on that whole um, story, but the robe. There's huge significance in the robe in that story. The father didn't just say to him, get a clean shirt, you stink like pigs. He'd been working with pigs. It doesn't say he had a hotel room on the way home to get cleaned up. He was broke. He'd be hitchhiking. He might have scored a ride on a camel. He may have just walked. The father said, bring out the finest robe and put it on him maybe from his very own collection of robes. There was significance in that. There is a very significant difference in garment. A robe clothes you. In Genesis 3 verse 7, Adam and Eve became aware of their nakedness and strung fig leaves together to cover themselves. The difference between clothe and covering, covering covers partial, the bare essentials. You may have, uh, I have heard some commentators, someone say Eve was modelling a fikini. <laughs> a partial covering. 
A robe is clothed, complete covering. Very different. In, Adam's and Eve, in Adam and Eve's case, self-righteousness. The fig leaves represent self-righteousness. They were hiding from God. They were trying to patch something up. Jesus also had issues with a fig tree in Mark chapter 11, verse 21, when he cursed the fig tree. Was Jesus cursing self-righteousness? Self-righteousness is very different from the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God is a gift. So the finest robe offered by the Father was a sign of restoration. He did not pass on condemnation in any form. He did not say, you worthless son. What are you doing here? You wasted it all. That was not the father's reaction. The father passed on no condemnation at all. The robe of righteousness is offered to each one of us without condemnation. Romans 8 verse 1. Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What does it mean to be in Christ Jesus? If you are truly born again, your bloodline has changed from that of Adam, the sinner, to the bloodline of Christ, and you are in Christ Jesus. Condemnation is no more yours. <clears throat> Three, a weapon. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 7. We have faithfully preached the truth God's power has been working in us. We have righteousness as our weapon, both to attack and defend ourselves. And in Ephesians 6, verse 14, stand your ground, putting on the sturdy belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. If we go back a bit to Ephesians 6, verse 12, it describes who we are, who we are up against. Not flesh and blood, but against the evil rulers of this world, powers of darkness, wicked spirits in the heavenly realms. The breastplate of righteousness covers our heart. That's where we need the most protection. You can get an injured arm and it's not life-threatening. You get a heart injury, you're in trouble. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for it affects everything you do. Stand your ground. Picture these as arrows. When the arrows from the enemy come to steal your joy, stand firm. Maybe the arrow of poor self-worth is attacking you. We take a hit, but no injury. That arrow is broken. That arrow was broken on the cross. There's an equation about self-worth that I learnt. My performance plus the opinion of others equals self-worth. Lies. God's performance plus his opinion equals self-worth. Truth. I'll say it again. My performance plus the opinion of others 
equals self-worth. Lies. Lies. God's performance plus his opinion equals self-worth. Truth. Ephesians 2.10, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. That's how God sees us. There are other arrows. The arrow of doubt, the arrow of temptation, the arrow of guilt. You're never going to make it for God. You keep falling over. We take a hit. That arrow was broken at the cross. In God's righteousness, victory over that temptation was broken. Jesus conquered sin and death. He is victorious. That same victory is ours in the righteousness of God. Right standing with God, clear of all guilt. As I was preparing it, I was thinking a bit outside the box and I was thinking... The attacks of Satan, when they come at us, we can stand firm. It's like we've got an AK-47. Bring it on, Satan. Boop, 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 boop. Take that, Satan. Take it. Get away. That victory was greater. The victory that Jesus achieved on the cross through his death and resurrection, the victory over sin, over its power over us, was far greater than anything that can be achieved by an AK-47. Look at one thing that righteousness is not. A license to keep on sinning. Romans 6 verses 1 and 2. And this is Paul asking a question of himself. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more kindness and forgiveness? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? If we choose to go down that track, it devalues Jesus' death and all that it cost him. It makes that cheap of no significance. I'm going to do a little um, one-man act for you. I do this occasionally in youth group to convey a message. Um, the scene. It's a Northland beach about 26 degrees. There's two guys uh, going up for a surf. They've been to church that morning and they're going up for a surf in the afternoon. Conditions are perfect. About a metre and a half swell. Slight offshore breeze. 26 degrees. They hopped out of their car, got their wetsuits on, waxed their boards, and they're walking down the beach. Their boards under their arm. Can you picture it? I, I know the beach, Sandy Bay it is, a very popular Northland beach. Not, uh, probably not familiar to a lot of you, but great spot. Ooh, she's spicy. Hot. Hey, bro. What would your wife think if she saw you looking at that woman like that? 
Oh, she doesn't need to know about it. What stays on the beach stays on the beach. Well, what about in uh, church this morning that the pastor was talking about the fruits of the Spirit? Oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? He covered quite a, quite a few things. But there's one of them... It's one of them that's quite important, that one on self-control. Yeah, well, I find that one really hard. A lot of the others are quite achievable, but that one on self-control, I just sometimes have to put that in the too-hard basket. God's very forgiving. He'll understand. It'll be okay with him. He's that kind of God. He forgives everything. I know what I'll tell God. God is just admiring the beauty of your creation. Yeah, man, well, we come here to go for a surf, not to look at all the bathing beauties on the beach. And God had his, has his say. Thanks for the compliments, sunshine. I know everything I made was beautiful, but I know exactly what you're thinking. You can commit adultery with your eyes. And you've actually just told me a lie. And I hear you talking about self-control being really hard. But some things are hard for me too. I'll tell you about some of the things that are hard for me. When my only son was on trial... He was an innocent man. They had false accusations against him. That was really hard. They spat on him. That was really hard. And they beat him. And they hit him with sticks. That was really hard. And they lashed him with a whip till the flesh on his back was shredded and ripped open. That was hard. He was my only son. And then they made him carry a cross when he was at the point of exhaustion. And then they hung him up and they nailed him to it. That was hard. I did all that for you so that my righteousness can be yours. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Have you received God's righteousness? Are you clothed with God's righteousness? Are you living victorious over sin because of God's righteousness? Let's pray. Lord God, something deep was achieved on the cross. The penalty for our sin was paid. The enemy has no longer has influence over us because of that victory when we claim the gift of righteousness as our own, 
when we put on the robe of righteousness and wear it, come boldly to the throne of grace because of it and receive all that you have offered. The armour and the guarding, the breastplate of righteousness is ours. When the enemy tries to trip us up, we can stand firm and know that you are God. In Jesus' name, thank you.